श्री कृष्णा श्री कृष्णा श्री कृष्णा श्री कृष्णा गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरो साक्षात परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्री गुरव नम तस्म श्री गुरव नम मोर देन वॉट वी हैव वॉट इज इम्पॉर्टंट इज विथ वॉट एवर वी हैव हाउ वी आर दैट इज इम्पॉर्टंट दिस more than what how is given priority and importance in our life then we will be living happily otherwise we come across people they are god everything but they are inside a big vacuum see like the other day when we spoke in that institute success and fulfillment success is always in the outer world and there are many success stories you must have heard success stories of jd birla success stories of um steve job success stories of ford see mr buffett so many success stories so any story which begins must end but what is important is external success is everything in life or inner fulfillment is everything in life see success could be in one area but failure in another area like successful in the business but failure at the home front i will not tell you the name of a very very big industrialist who has got his industrial empire round the world in about more than 20 30 countries he has his uh, industries and we happen to meet one day in london we are having a you know some kind of a cup of tea somewhere so i ask him this question hey how is life treating you normally people ask questions how is your business and uh, instead of that i ask this question how is life treating you <clears throat> he said i don't know how to answer this question but i know what is my life i keep on moving around the world around the year i don't know what for there are so many uh industrial units all over the world huge mines and everything and i hardly have sat with my wife my children in last 2 to 3 years not months 2 to 3 years and i am running like mad and my wife is enjoying spending the whole money my Uh, son is running after this and that girl my daughter is running after all funny kind of things and i am running for no reason i don't know what i should do see meaning as regard success is concerned in the industrial way 
he has achieved. But what is the use of that? It is something like a bird who has got one very well developed wing and the other wing is very weak or not developed. And whenever he will struggle, in the struggle he will never be able to take off but he will keep on wriggling in the same place again and again. Therefore, <coughs> we have to have both the things. <coughs> Material prosperity, then only you can be happy. And second thing is inner poise. Inner poise is called as spirituality. Spirituality has nothing to do with any religion. Many people mistake this. Nothing to do with any religion. Spirituality is when we start working on ourselves. Then the spiritual life begins. See, what parents have given us is this body which is bound to die. And in every life, if you believe in reincarnation, in every life we have got a new set of parents. But the seeker, if he is born, because he has started now working on his own mind. See, friends. So, I will bring this particular topic because many of you are interested and introduced to this Kundalini. So, there are seven chakras they talk about. Lower three chakras are Muladhar, Swadhisthan and Manipur. And then come the Anaha chakra. Now these lower three chakras are the yield of success in the world, in the outer world. And this is possible only if you start accepting you are a body, getting caught up in the body identification is getting caught up in the Muladhar. When we are fixed in the body identification, there cannot be freedom from desires. I want this, I want that. That is the Swadhisthan Chakra. <clears throat> and these wants have no end. And their greed is the <clears throat> Manipur Chakra. <clears throat> so if we look within our life, what we have been achieving in life, only live as body identified, try to fulfill the desires, and there is no end, end to it, and greed becomes the mainstay of our lifestyle. But after having gone through this for years together, one day by God's grace, we start inquiring as to how long this. I was surprised many years before, there was one old couple whom I met in Pune, a Maharashtrian couple. And they were outside India for quite some time and in uh, mainly in the African continent as some experts. And <coughs> when I met them in uh, Pune, they were, I think the husband was about 85 or 80 and she was maybe 4-5 years younger than him. And then <coughs> what they were talking about? They are talking about 
that you know we had a maid servant and she used to sing the song hindi songs and she'll be counting and this was the particular song she was liking the whole life this only or there is something higher in life see friends how long are we going to indulge in this therefore it is said ishvara anugrahat eva when a person is blessed by the divine grace we start inquiring about what life is and then we start learning from our experiences that whenever i get disturbed excited where that is happening that one day by god's grace we come to know all experiences happen only in the mind if the mind is at peace everything is beautiful if the mind is disturbed everything is miserable so that mind which we want to make it at peace we must know what that mind is see one more example i'll tell you there was there is one lady she sometime comes in bombay to my place and she will enter and in 10 15 minutes she will make my whole house very spick and span most of the things are okay only my work table is always a mess there are so many gadgets so many wires and everything if you fix it and then you don't find anything so i leave everything as it is she will come and she says sami let me clean it and she will clean everything perfectly well in maximum 5 minutes it looks so nice i said mama what a magic wand you have got you make the thing so perfect in no time she says sami ji i also got the same question why what is the magic wand you have you make everything the mess in 5 seconds so she asked me once sami ji you know i come to your place like there any many people i go and i like this thing what do you think about my spiritual practice this is what i do i said you have asked a wrong question to a wrong person i will not talk to please you because if you are walking a spiritual path and if somebody tries to please you he is your enemy i'll tell you the truth whether you like or you don't like are you ready yes i said mama you are running away from yourself you can't face yourself therefore you keep on running here and there here and there start spending some time on yourself by exposing yourself to the silence he said that is the problem if i am all by myself i feel so uncomfortable uneasy i have to do this i have to do that see friends this mind which is making us disturbed and miserable we have to start working on the mind and as you start working on the mind two things happen if you are under the influence of the jungs philosophy of psychiatry or psychology then you will talk about only the unhealthy condition of the mind 
and if you are walking the spiritual path and therefore you are working on the mind then you will talk about the infinite potentiality that we have hidden in our own mind two things are common for all of us one thing is a finite time at our disposal and second thing is the infinite potentiality that we all have potentiality is unmanifest uninvoked in our mind and the time is finite so what is the way to live happily invoke your infinite potentialities within the finite time and this balance is the goal we are not here only because we are born because of somebody's mistake then we grow because we can't stop growing then we have got health problem this that is no way and one day we die is this all life see how many are born how many grow how many die one among them this inquiry will lead us to a foundation on which living happily is a by product like cow dung is a by product when you have a cow at home milk is the main thing and therefore the more we start working on our mind the more we are on the right track and for that we must know what the mind is where all the experiences of joy and happiness happen so let us find out first of all what the mind is we have hardly worked on our mind throughout our life because we are not understood what the mind is we only complain about the mind so some data i'll give you and see how it helps us the effects are gross and the cause is subtle is the rule like colors and forms are many and gross vision which is illuminating all the colors and forms is without any color and without any form so the cause is formless and effects are with the form effects are therefore many and cause is one we are going to learn what mind is now go to the second step is only one mind which comes out of the sense organs and has five faculties so eyes are limited only to color and form ears are limited only to sounds etc so these five senses have got their special faculties but the mind is neither having a color and form nor having a touch nor having any uh, sound not having any taste not having any smell be attentive mind is pure it has no 
dirt of this objective world. See, now we go further. Mind has got many thoughts and all the thoughts are illuminated by the same conscious principle. The thoughts are many, consciousness eliminating them is the one. So what is the conclusion? Conclusion is to live happily, we have to start our journey from the periphery of our personality come to the center of the personality. That is the only way. Now how we are lost in periphery? This example I have given number of times. This is a very simple thing which happened actually. One of my friend has asked me that Swamiji please give me some instructions so which I can follow for the next one year. Till I meet you, I want something to work on. Very sincere seeker. Although he was a police officer, but he was very much interested and he has studied the scriptures also. So I asked him, <coughs> are you ready? He said, yes. I said, it was night, 8, 9 o'clock. He came to my room. I said, close the door and switch off the light. Then I asked him, what can you see here? He said, I can see nothing. So he said, I can see nothing except darkness. Then I told him that, look here, you are telling lies. He said, no, I am not telling you lies. Really, I am seeing darkness. Then I told him, please tell me, can the eyes see the darkness or the eyes see only in the light? Eyes can see only in the light, not in the darkness. The first lie, you say you are seeing darkness, in fact, you are not seeing darkness. Okay, okay. Then, second question I ask, please tell me, uh, now switch on the light. So he switched on the light. Now tell me what are you seeing? He said, I am seeing the furniture and your shoes and your laptop and the water bottle and the table, everything. I said, go and tell him. He said, that's all. All the contents of this room I see. I said, again, you are incomplete. Please tell fully. What more? He said, that's all. I said, I am seeing something more. What is that? I said, I am seeing the light. Without the light, can you see anything? He said, okay, I agree. I said, still you are incomplete. Now this is all. I said, no, I am seeing something more. What is that? Electricity. Now understand this principle from the story. When we are preoccupied with the objects, like when that man told that there are things in this room, he was so much preoccupied with the objects that he has missed the light. He was seeing the light, 
but it didn't occur to him so the objects we are covering the light but what is the truth the objects were revealed in the light then i told him further he said that's all now second thing objects were not only covering the light the objects were also covering the vision his attention was not on his vision he was away from his own vision because he was lost first it was darkness then it is objects then it is the light in short what is happening when we give undue importance to the worldly objects all our sense organs are covered by that then we are at the periphery of our personality and our whole life is nothing but what i have how much i have to protect how much i have to keep so possessions become the main stay of our lifestyle when then we are at the periphery then we drop the objects come to the sense organs when we come to the sense organs the second thing we become enslaved so much that unless i get a particular thing i am not happy see like santa ganeshwar was telling something very beautiful he said if you have to really walk spiritual path you have to control only one organ and that is the tongue tongue is two in one talking and tasting so if these two things are controlled we have taken a bold step to walk on the spiritual path so what happens the whole life is spent only in eating 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 this way that way this way that way nothing beyond it the whole life goes only in a particular type of food i get i'll be happy if i don't get i'm miserable and second thing is talking non stop whether other wants to listen or not we keep on talking in a school the teacher ask a question to the student hey you are not attentive no sir i am attentive okay tell uh he who drives the car what is he called as oh he is called as driver very good see i told you i am attentive student said okay tell who flies the aeroplane what is he called as oh he is called as pilot oh very good then he who keeps on talking whether others listen or not what is he called as so the student said teacher <laughs> teacher keeps on talking poor fellow who listens to him in the same manner you will see many a times observe this phenomena where there are two persons talking we enter it is not necessary for us to know what these two people are talking not necessary but the moment we go acha kya kya kiske bare oh what 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 nothing this is how we get involved unnecessarily everywhere so when we thus 
control, the involvement of the sense objects, we have come to the sense organs. When we control the sense organs, we have come to the mind. So the mind is covered by the sense organs. And when we come to the mind, now the mind is covered by the emotions. And because of those emotional onslaught, our wisdom is covered. Our logic is not there. We are not able to think coolly. Such a person can never be contemplative in life. Therefore, to live happily, we have to go to the source of happiness. So, we have to get freedom from the only objects, sense organs, the mind, and lead a life of discrimination. What, should, what is good for me and what is not good for me. When this comes in our mind, then we are slowly evolved. If you see the inert, uh, inorganic world, there things are only existing. And when we go a little higher, come to the planned kingdom, in addition to the existence, there is life. When we go one more step further, from the plant kingdom, we come to the animal kingdom, little more evolution. Animals exist, animals have life, and animals know. They have got knowledge. Now, if we are human beings, about Above animals, what is that which makes us human beings? If we only restrict these four common factors, eating, sleeping, sense of insecurity and procreation, if these are the only four things we are satisfied with, there is no reason why we should be called as human beings. They are common between us and animals. Then what is next? So as a human being, what could be the possibility of further evolution. As a human being, the only evolution left is the spiritual evolution. See, friends, and therefore, spiritual evolution guides us. Don't seek happiness. Discover happiness. See, and for this discovery, we require intelligence. Not intellectual personality, intelligence. See? And not artificial intelligence, the natural intelligence. This artificial intelligence is creating havoc, is going to create more problems <coughs> in the world. <coughs> Those who are creating artificial intelligence, they are um, naturally intelligent but want to create artificial intelligence. Therefore, having come to the human form, now we should have this clear destination. If we want to live happily, prosperity must be on the foundation of spirituality. 
if prosperity is not on the foundation of spirituality, it leads to perversion. Perversion is leading most unnatural life. See, friend, perversion is leading life without any control. Perversion is justifying the wrong as right. It's perversion. Then what the spiritual life tells us, the first thing that is told, that recognize, you are not an isolated individual in this universe. Recognize your presence in relation to the totality around you. And we have to start working on this, like a family. Now all the members of the family together makes a family, not only one person. So what will be the understanding as a spiritual practice that we are in a family, we all must have to adjust ourselves and see what is our position. About this I will tell you one example. One of my friend, he got one huge machine, must be double the length of this hall, where they were supposed to manufacture the security papers for the passports, for the bank accounts and all that, you know. That machine, that special machine he got from Germany. And everything was settled and um, I was called, we did the inauguration, everything. And then the machine started. After two, three days, the machine stopped. And uh, reason, nobody knew. Because every night, because it is a security press, everything was cleaned, thrown in the garbage, and uh, factory was cold, uh, closed and sealed. And next day, again in the presence of the security people, it will open. And they didn't know what happened, why it is not starting. So they are called the people in uh, Germany. Those people went there and checked all the things. And in one place, there was one small screw which was missing. And then immediately he took the code number of that part, uh, ordered in his own company. That thing came, he fitted it, and it started. So that small little screw Whatever reason is, it must have fallen on the floor. Whatever is on the floor is a garbage. It must have been thrown away. So that small little screw, when separated from the totality, is a garbage. When with the totality, is a useful, functional thing. If this is clear, in the same manner, we have to learn that we are not an isolated person. We must be able to adjust ourselves according to the situation, then we are walking the spiritual path. How important it is. And this we have to develop. Nobody can do it for us. That is why it is necessary that we are able to adjust ourselves wherever you go, in whatever situation, that is our spiritual practice, that is our spiritual examination. Anywhere, any situation is our spiritual examination. 
And what is an examination? Where you are asked difficult questions. If everything is perfectly all right, and then you sit for meditation, what is the great thing? This thing I have seen, there are many Mahatmas who are staying in their ashram and everything is so standardized. What time they get up, there is a bell, so they get up. Without the bell, they cannot get up. Then their servant will come and give tea, coffee, whatever they want. Then there will be hot water cape and toilet cape. Then they say, sir, you can take bath. So they will go and take bath. Somebody is there to wash their clothes. Somebody is there to give them breakfast. Everything is so standardized. And if they have to go outside somewhere, then it becomes non-plus for them. See. Therefore, we have to adjust ourselves. And this can be done only by this simple technique. Take every interaction, every experience of life as our spiritual examination. And we have to have four out of four. No less. Then only we can progress. So, this will start keeping our mind not reactionary, but it will act according to the given situation. So all this thing what I told is only for one thing, that we must stop reacting in any given situation. Just act. What is necessary, whatever is right. Otherwise we will be most uncomfortable, <coughs> miserable everywhere. After this is done, then such a mind which remains calm and quiet under all conditions, that mind has a natural instinct to know more and more. Be very attentive. What is the difference between the mind and the intellect? Mind can function only in the known field. When we remember the things, what things we remember? Only those which were known to us in the past. Can you remember my childhood? Can I remember your childhood? No. So mind functions only in the field of knowns. If we have to transcend these boundary of the known, we have to take another instrument. And that instrument is called as intelligence. See, therefore, when we want to praise somebody, do we praise somebody, oh, she is mental. No. We say, no, she is intelligent. Because what is the intelligence? It has got the capacity to peep beyond the known. See, friends, why we are not able to go beyond the known? Because we are so much buried in the known. I am taking you one step by step. Please recognize this. How we are buried in one uh, in the known? <clears throat> if you see in this world, we talk to the world as well as we talk to ourselves. When we talk to the world, we talk about our past. 
when we talk to ourselves, we talk about our possible future. Two things. In one place, when I was talking on this topic, that one of the highest spiritual practice is this. I am telling you also. And the practice is, do not talk about your past. So when I was talking on this topic, one elderly gentleman, very old, must be about 90, highly educated in the spiritual field, not knowing English and all that, he used to write wonderful articles, analysis and everything. So he asked me, Swamiji, you are insisting not to talk about the past, but unless we talk about our childhood, how our children will know, how they will know what was there in the past. I said, before we talk, tell them, ask, do they want to know? One basic rule is, nobody is interested in our past. People are concerned about their future. Now for an old person like me, what is the future for me? No future. Then what do I have? Only past. See, if I have got peanuts in my pocket, I cannot distribute chocolates. So I'll keep on talking about the past. Then I told him, see, if you are wanting to know the truth behind this simple spiritual practice, you tell me, past belongs to whom? Past belongs to the body. Body was born. Body was a child. Body was a teenager. Body was a middle-aged. The body is old. Were you different in different body? Or you are the same? I am the same. Then what are you talking about? You are different stages of the body. By then, what is unknowingly happening? Your body identification is becoming stronger and firmer. Swamiji, that is true, but now you told something about your past. This happened there and you told you this thing, blah, blah, blah. So what about that? Somebody asked me this question, therefore I am telling you. I said, look here. If you want to get rid of the influence of the past, there is only one technique. And the technique is learn from every experience. When we learn from experience, impressions are not formed on the mind. When we don't learn from the experience, impressions are formed on the mind. And those impressions are in the form of likes and dislikes. There is no third impression. See, a regular example. During our childhood, we have touched sometime the fire, either the candle or something. And because of that, our fingers got burned. So we have learned even as a child that the fire burns. And therefore, nobody has hatred for the fire. Because we have learned. See? And if somebody has other experience, for example, I have a very bad experience with the snake. And that childhood experience of the snake is so strong, deep in my mind, 
that even if somebody for fun sake gives a plastic snake near me i get frightened completely i know it is plastic i can't stand it because that impression of hatred or dislike is so much that i can't forget it and but on the contrary when we learn from our experiences slowly slowly with every additional experience learning we grow wise and who are the wise people who are happy so to live happily you have to be wise see friends a dumb person can never live happily he will only be struggling for happiness struggling for happiness therefore when we the start finding out exactly what is the function structure of the mind then we come to know now i am taking the next step mind is having two facets one is the subjective facet second is the objective facet like this is a camera now how this knowledge is happening to me step number 1 this is a camera step number 2 i know this is a camera step number 3 i am not the camera although i am seen in that but i am not that so in this knowledge two facets have come up knowledge is camera one facet is i know second facet is i am not the camera now watch this in every knowledge in every experience this is a donkey i know this is a donkey people may call but i am not the donkey how simple it is now next step this subjective i is always one see now like this ardhanari uh, nateshwar shiva one then ganesh ji two then kali mata three then furniture four then a person on the floor five five things are seen they are five but who knows that i the subject is one it is not that i who is knowing the camera is different from i who is knowing the uh, lord shiva no so what is the rule rule is subjective aspect is one objective aspects are many get this mathematics now we go further again one example i'll tell you to make this point in one place big gathering we were all having some kind of a management gimmick management is is a bluff there is nothing like management mismanagement is the truth so in that i just called them i said hey today you are all here all age groups the necktie people plus their wives children grandparents parents everybody huge crowd i said now forget about mba management we'll have a lot fun and in that fun we have to learn something so i called one child hey you come here then i told him uh, talk about yourself 
for next three minutes. Not more than three minutes. Okay, start. Now he had a problem what to talk. I said, come on, start. I don't know what to talk. I said, talk anything will not object. Mm, big difficulty. He said, I like chocolates. One sentence. Again, big pause. I said, come on, talk. You have to talk. You can't keep quiet like this. Then second statement, I don't like taking bath. Mommy always tells me take bath. Second statement. See how nice lecture you are giving. Talk more. And he said, no, nothing. I said, no, you have to talk or stand there two minutes more. He said, no, I don't want to stand. I want to go and I don't want to talk. I said, you have to do that. He said, if you don't allow me to go, I will urinate here. I said, please go then. He went. Threatening. Then I called one old man, 80 not out, and I told him, Uncle, you have to talk three minutes about yourself. He started. You have to call the security to lift him out. He said, No, I just started. I had to tell so many things. I said, Now these two experiences are over. Now what we have learned? The child has hardly any past. Therefore, he has hardly anything to talk. And therefore, a child is more in the present, less in the past. And therefore, children are happy over silly things. Old people have a huge past. There is nothing new for them to look forward to. Anything is there, they go back past. No, during our childhood, who asked you? See, friends. So what is happening? This I who was one with so many objects. Now for the child, the number of objects entertained by the child was very few and therefore his eye was thin. Thin eye is less egoistic eye. And what are the signs of less ego, less miserable? More ego, more miserable. No ego, all happiness. And this old man, he has such a huge collection of the past, a huge burden, and therefore his eye was very fat. So what he will have to do? Start giving up the collection of the past. Lesser you bring your past in the present, to that extent, your eye starts losing fatness. Be attentive. And when we are able to live in the utter present, this is the formula I gave you yesterday, wherever we are, whatever we are, whenever we are, be 100%. Then, no burden of the past. Then, you are in the present. And when you are in the present, you have to be happy. You cannot be miserable. 
and when you are in the present you are happy when you are happy you are in the present think in a school the teacher asks please write a small story not too long and story should be short but it must end happily don't make it uh, end miserably so start so the children started and one child kept the pen and paper what about you no i finished the story you told write short ending happily i did it so early yes you told short i written other people students struggling and hey, no not this paper second paper like that so he, she told okay everybody stop he has completed the story let us listen to his story because he has given first he is already first so he started reading the story there was a man and a woman standing back to back first statement story began then they started walking naturally apart from each other the third statement thereafter they lived happily see whenever you are happy you are in the present so living happily therefore means what remain in that the present just imagine a husband who has got two wives both of them are pulling his hands in opposite direction what will be his condition exactly this is what happens to us because either we are pulled in the past memories or we are pulled in the future worries and therefore we are always tense frustrated see my friends living happily is the highest spiritual practice more than this there is no other spiritual practice now this happiness is evaluated when we are all by ourselves and how we are with ourselves are we at peace with ourselves or we are constantly depending on some kinds of supports either music or something to do or something to read or something to watch the tv something or the other or reading some book because the mind is eating us we have to come to this position that we are at peace without doing anything like we are in deep sleep so living happily is like living in the deep sleep but still awake and this is possible friends and this possibility is before undertaking any work any job we are at peace with ourselves during the job that is being done we are at peace with ourselves after the job is over our equanimity is not compromised is ever the same 
This is what Bhagavad Gita tells. Whatever may be the path that you follow, <coughs> follow the path of karma, follow the path of yoga, follow the path of devotion, follow the path of knowledge. All of them aim at only one thing. Samatvam yoga uchate, equanimity of the mind must be perfectly maintained. The thing should excite us, nor should depress us. One day one lady asked me this question. Swamiji, now I am following you for so many years, but I don't know whether uh, I am improving myself, growing spiritually or not. Because now also I get sometimes angry, I become frustrated, even I shout sometimes. What is the use of my walking spiritual path? So am I progressing or not? I said, Mama, do you know what is the meaning of progress? Spiritual progress is not in time. Spiritual progress is not in distance. Spiritual progress is how much aware you are. Then I told her, now you yourself told that sometimes you lose your cool, you become angry. So this awareness which has come in you is the spiritual progress. Otherwise we even do not know that how unwanted we are somewhere and still we keep on hanging. We do not know that we are not required to talk, but we keep on talking. When we grow spiritually, we start living more and more in awareness. See friends. Therefore, living happily is the ultimate evolution for the human being. And for that, like you know, one or two examples from Gita, Bhagavan Sri Krishna defines what is yoga because he is all bliss incarnate. For him, yoga is what? When the difficulties and miseries come in life, he who refuses to be miserable, then ability to refuse to be miserable, then ability is called as yoga. That twisting the body in a most unenvious posture is called as yoga, but that is only body yoga. <coughs> the real yoga is when we are able to remain undisturbed in the wake up of the miseries. The miseries will come to our life, but we are all miserable by our choice. You refuse to be miserable. Yes, miseries have come and they will go also. And in this manner, when we refuse to be miserable under any condition, that is the real meaning of yoga. So, this is the practice to live happily in this world. We are functioning, we are working on the yoga, on the mind. So, when we are caught up in the lower three chakras, body identification, desire, fulfillment, then greed. If these three are the criteria of our life, we are samsari. We can never live happily. 
But when we rise above this, we come to Anaha Chakra. And Anaha Chakra means what? Now we have started working on our mind. And I told you what is working on the mind? More than not I aspect is entertained by me, the I aspect becomes a strong one. Not I is a thought and I is also a thought. Both are thoughts because we are talking in mind. So when the not I thoughts are plenty, the I thought is very fat. To the extent the not I thoughts are reduced, to that extent the I thought has started shrinking. He has started losing the fattiness. Be attentive. When there is zero not I thoughts, then there is I without a thought. This non-specific common I is the ultimate abode. Reaching here, we start living happily. And to practice this, one of the techniques I have seen, heard and done myself is we have to learn to uh, remove the things, empty yourself, start emptying the collections that we have in our house. So many things. See? I'll tell you my experience about it, what exactly it meant to me. Reading is not, it should mean to us. I shifted from one house to another house somewhere in Mumbai. So in that one house, I have my main possession is books. So my friend, I said, hey, you have to do it. I am not going to do it. He said, Swami, I'll take care. He got those books packed in the cartons, maybe about 20, 25 of them, and shifted to the new house, kept in one room. Every time I used to go to Mumbai to my new flat, I will look at that whole mountain of cartons and every time think, okay, next time when I come, I'll open them and then uh, sort them out, categorize and everything. But when I want to do that, no, not this next time I'll do this. Because the very volume of the work was so disgusting. It continued, could you imagine, for three years. Could not do it. And I got so frustrated. One day, I wrote a letter to my one of my library friend. He is a library in a big library, and I told him that such and such books are kept packed properly. You please go and collect it. I'll make arrangement for you. So he took all those things and made a category everything, and wrote me a letter. Swamiji, uh, this is the list of books that we are received from you. Kindly sign on every paper that you have given then as donation to the library. I did it and sent it. And then, ah, the books were not on my head. They were in some room and I was in other country. Yet, the burden was on my mind. 
the moment I dropped that, removed it, ah, that day I discovered. What is the principle I discovered? The same habit of accumulating the things doesn't remain outside. It goes inside. In the form of accumulating the memories. And we again and again talk about the same memories. I was here, I was there. And others are not interested. See, this is how our eye doesn't allow us to go beyond the thoughts. Thought-free eye is living happily. I with the thought is a specific I. I am man, I am woman, I am husband, I am wife, I am friend, I am enemy. These are all specificities. The non-specific I doesn't have the clothing of a thought. Such a person is ever living in the utter present. And living in the utter present is alone living happily. If we just find out in our own life, <coughs> out of the 24 hours, how many moments we are living without the past and the future as a reference point. And for this, the two techniques I told you to remain happily. First technique is then we have to talk to others, ask a question to yourself. Is it necessary to talk? Or if you have to talk, talk on such topics which has no consequence of anything. Oh, today is very hot. Yes, it's very hot. Or it doesn't make any sense. Always talk about government because government is an illusion. Any government you take anywhere in the world, <coughs> then you are through about it. So, this way we stop getting involved in the world. And second thing, when we are all by ourselves, stop talking to yourself. When we stop talking to ourselves, we don't want to talk to others. This peace is not against any sound. We know only that peace which is against the sound. So we tell others, hey, don't make noise. Don't you see? I am doing meditation. Don't disturb me. No, that is not the truth. Whether there is a silence, nothing is added. Whether there is a noise, nothing is disturbed. Like the ocean. When there are waves on the surface, ocean doesn't become rich. When all the waves die, ocean doesn't become poor. 
in the same manner. Good experience, bad experience. Equanimity is intact. And this can happen only if we have the knowledge that we are discussed. We have to have the technical know-how. And when you start doing it, you discover many subtle things in your own life. In the mind is to disturb what is to be done. What is the meaning of a disturbed mind? These things you don't get in books. One more thing I'll tell you, it's very important. Thoughts never disturb us. Then what disturbs us? The flow of thoughts. When the Gandhis are very cool, slow, we enjoy. Or a lake, or a swimming pool, there also there is water. We are not disturbed by that. But if there are floods and waters are flowing tremendously, then we suffer. Exactly the same way. If you observe, our mind gathers a momentum of thoughts. And we get carried away by the momentum. So what is to be done? It is the momentum of the thought that has to be arrested. You know, it is something like when you are driving the car, the road is straight, no disturbance. So many people put it on cruise and the car goes on. And if in between a kind of a sleep comes for a fraction of a second, then all accident. So to protect us, what the highways people do, there are some strips, ramble strips on the road or there is a speed breaker. And therefore, when you are in that mode of, uh, you know, drowsiness, suddenly that speed breaker comes and your sleep goes away. Exactly the same way. When we are carried away by the flow of thoughts, we have to create the speed breakers. And the speed breaker is, take a deep breath and start chanting anything you like. Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram. Again, Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram. In this speed breaker of thoughts, the momentum of the thought will be arrested. And then you will discover a technique of your own. Normally what happens? We complain. Swamiji, what you tell is true, but you know it is very difficult. Yes, it is difficult. Who says it is simple? Then you have to work on it. But most of the people when they hear, they have only this question. Swamiji, what you tell is okay, we agree, we understood everything, but it is very difficult. Now the answer to this is, we have not recognized the importance and value of this. Therefore it is difficult. Anything you give importance and value, like the money, 
we have got value and money tremendous then has anybody ever said earning money is difficult therefore i am not going to earn the money because we have got value for it exactly the same way when we will have value for our spiritual life meaning when we start working on our mind we will stop complaining but we start working on the mind how it can be done what are the different techniques so slowly here and there you listen to satsanga when satsang is heard two three four times slowly from that satsang one particular thought will come and just hit you and from there you slowly things start changing therefore to live happily you should not miss a single day listening to satsanga in today's world we are happy and blessed to have the internet where you get hundreds and hundreds of satsang then all those satsang will help us think properly thinking is not the problem thinking improperly is the problem think properly you are relieved from the wrong thinking and thus we start living happily under all conditions and friends it is possible for everyone it is not the monopoly of few but it is possible without an exception everyone let us give it a chance to ourselves that from now onwards no complaints all relaxed it should be done it must be done it will be done it is ought to be done there is no choice attain and be happy om purnamadah purnamidam purnahat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamalaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 hari om श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम